thinks, you know how it's been a really busy start to this year. Well, I'm just jumping on Zoom now to speak to our producer, Mike Hansen, and just chew the card on what's been a fantastic two weeks. I'm Anna Webb. Welcome to Adults Life. Hey, Mike. Hey, Anna. Hey, this is great that we're having a bit of a spontaneous chat. Well, there's so much been going on, and I I know I keep rapid firing all sharing all these links to all these stories I keep seeing because it seems like every day there's something new, and I keep thinking, oh, should we do an episode on this? Who can we get? And then there's been so many we just thought, well, they're probably not worth thirty minutes. You know, they're probably a couple quick headlines. So let's just do a quick roundup on our own. Yeah, well, I suppose, yes, the last two weeks have been extremely busy on all levels. The first thing that kicked off the new year, actually, the big news in that South Korea has announced that no more eating of dogs. Eating dog meat is now officially banned, although Mm. it doesn't come into actual effect for three more years, which is quite a long time for the dogs that are in these dog meat farms to be eaten. Yeah, so that's big news, I think, because all being well, that will set a precedent for other countries. I do believe Vietnam does eat dogs. Mm. And we know in China, you know, they have that dreadful Yulin festival. And, uh, you know, it's unspeakable, really, what happens um, where pet dogs are stolen sometimes and, Mm. you know, thrown onto a barbecue alive. Um, Uh, The cruelty involved with that is just, uh, you know, uh, at another level, really. Well, that's that's kind of always been sort of my get out clause, because a lot of these things are cultural and people say, well, you know, in India, cows are sacred. And the idea of having a steak over there is an anthem to them. And I get that. So I can't really as a meat eater myself, I'm not not vegetarian. I'll have a nice steak. I'll probably have one tonight. But um, I, I can't condemn another culture for eating a dog because they view it in a different way. We have, we've raised them to be companions, you know, not just work animals or, or other livestock. So I understand in, in reading that Korean story, you know, a hundred, you know, going back centuries where having cows was not exactly sacred, but so rare that they could, uh, you, you had to get government permission to actually slaughter one. So they needed protein. And the next best thing was all these stray dogs. So you can understand why they did it. And I can't condemn them for it, but in terms of the, that festival you talk about, the the unnecessary cruelty with this idea that it, it makes the flavor better or gives you, you know, an aphrodisiac or whatever crazy ideas they come up with to to really really torture the animals, um, I can't get on with that. Um, you know, if you're going to eat dogs for cultural reasons or historical reasons, I get that, but actually being cruel to them for the for no good reason, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not having that. No, no, gosh, no, absolutely mm-hmm. not. And all of this stuff, you know, the real ancient traditional Chinese medicine, which I think, you know, the aphrodisiac aspect, you know, is is something apparently that dog meat offers you. It hasn't been totally scientifically backed up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on other aspects of that, you know, you've got how poachers from China have been killing tigers so that, you know, pretty much, you know, a lot of tigers... I've had awful deaths and, um, of course, are now facing extinction um, Mm. in the wild. Sorry, Mm. 
Baggy the cat here is uh, keen to join in on this podcast episode. Yes, Baggy, I'm sure in China they eat cats too. (laughs) But don't worry, you're not there. (laughs) You're safe. (laughs) For now. For now. If you didn't get off the microphone. Exactly, exactly, exactly. (laughs) It's all good sound effects. Mm -hmm. I know. So let's see really what, what happens. And I know I read that same article and... You can understand, you know, there were the older generation of the farmers saying, mm. look, our livelihood now is is canned. What mm. are we going to do? You know, we're too old to. Um, well, I know. think that's the I think that's the main reason why it's not coming in effect for three years is to give those farmers the opportunity to transition to to something else or whatever, whatever else they can do. But, yeah, they've a whole industry is built up around this and there, there's farmers and everything that kind of goes down the production line they'll all have to have time to to change it to, to something else and so that's understandable as well and i think that's why we're having this three-year delay before it actually kicks in unfortunately in that time more dogs are going to be slaughtered until that becomes in effect but also the, the interesting thing is that whilst there'll be a ban on raising and uh, slaughtering dogs for for market it's still not going to be illegal to eat it if you just happen to come across, you know, you you know, if you happen to run over one in the street, you can take it home and eat it. Oh, that's just, you know, I can't go there with that thought. But yes, you're right. So, mm. you know, as with all legislation, there's these caveats in it mm. that, yeah. um, you know, to to play safe. And I suppose keep everybody happy, you know, yeah. which... Yeah. Um, is is a bit annoying. Let's hope so, because I think I agree with you culturally. You know, I've been to India, as I always say on my on, on the pod, and you know, I couldn't believe it. You know, there was a motorway, we were on a motorway, and there were two cows that decided to lie down, you yeah. know, yeah. in the road, and they weren't forced, they weren't moved. We all had to wait. And it took an hour and a half mm. for the cows to decide to stand up and just cross the motorway completely but the whole traffic system ground to a halt for the cows which is rather brilliant i mean it was brilliant to see and there were and they've got small cows in india and they'd be in the shops you'd go yeah. into little shops and the cows are allowed in yeah. you know so so different <laughs> that's brave but even even though there, there's you know different cultures and different histories and all, I was shocked to learn this week of a country where it is not illegal to kill and eat dogs, and you would never believe where country that is. Well, it's not illegal. Yeah. Where's that then? Canada. No, God. Yeah, Rums. I I found out another podcast that I work on that it is not illegal in Canada to kill or dog, and I've I looked it up because I couldn't believe it, and it's true. And I I've got let me read this to you. Yeah, gosh. Uh, so hang on. And this is because, uh, uh, as you can imagine, there's a, a million and one petitions now in Canada flinging around people trying to make it illegal. Um, it is legal to consume dog and cat meat in Canada if properly sourced or killed and gutted in front of federal inspectors. A restaurant can substitute dog or cat meat without facing any criminal charges or health violations. There are also no legal consequences if a pet owner kills and eats their dog or cat. What do you think of that? I don't know. I'm lost for words. I'm um, shocked because you've got Canadian heritage, and obviously I do. I had no yeah. idea that was ever permitted. I mean, I don't know any anybody at home who eats dogs, and, and I've been to some restaurants where the food's been pretty dodgy, and I wouldn't be surprised. But I had no idea it was legal, and I, I learned that this week. Rums, that's, that's mad. But if we look into it on a legislative basis, what does it say about the UK? 
I don't know. I haven't looked that up, but I would imagine. Well, should I do a quick Google search? Go on, just do a quick Google Let search. Go the, is it legal to search dogs? No, that is shocking Google. about Canada because you always, you know, I, I I was born there and everything. I, I never really. Spent... No, it's not. It's not illegal here either. It's not illegal. Yeah. How's the Commons Library? It may seem extraordinary, but consuming dog meat is currently not illegal in the UK. Whoa. Oh my God. I think we've opened a can of worms there. Yeah, uh, gosh, maybe we need to uh, be a bit yeah. more panorama about this, Mike, and so, yeah. uh, and follow I, this I up. I feel with... another petition coming on. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> well, yes, I was down in Parliament Square, actually, on Thursday. Yeah, I was going to ask you, so what were you doing down there? Well, it's a campaign led by Georgia Toffolo called Can the Kibble. So as you can imagine, Mike, um, I was really proud to be invited to be their nutrition expert for mm. this campaign, highlighting various aspects of kibble that arguably isn't that uh, nutritious, shall we say, for yeah. dogs to eat. As you know, we've done loads of podcasts um, mm. touching on this, talking to, you know, the leading lights like Dr. Nick Thompson, Dr. Lee's Hansen, and many others, all about the hidden aspects of processed food, which is very similar to the hidden aspects of human processed food as well, yeah. you know, packed full of latent sugars that over time, of course, can create inflammation in the body, which, you know, we know from O-level biology, that is the root cause of, of all disease. So yeah. um, it was just really an awareness, um, a big kibble amnesty mm. that uh, took place on, on Thursday. And how many people were there? Gosh, I didn't count them. You know, a good amount, like definitely over 50 people, mm. um, some with dogs, some without. We all had super banners. And um, That's a good turnout because it was about minus 50 itself, you know. <laughs> well, it was minus well, three. Yeah. I was shocked. It was very, very, very cold, to be honest. But it was bright, which was lovely. It would have been worse if it had been warm and raining, you know. Mm. I would have made it put a bit of a, a dampener, as they say, on, on, on the proceedings. But everyone enjoyed it. And I think everyone who was there really believed in it. And it's something that, you know, certainly isn't a new thing to talk about. But I think it's great to raise awareness at a government level. I mean, you know, for me, you know, if you look at the animal welfare act the actual stipulations and breakdown of it mm. you know in it it does say that animals should be fed on a suitable diet yeah and depending on on what you believe if dogs are carnivores which dogs are carnivores they're physiologically carnivorous then does mean they need to eat a lot of meat <laughs> and baggy here who's just missing the microphone at the moment mm. my cat mm. he um is an obligate carnivore and um have to say he loves his meat mm. he's uh definitely a meat eater so to feed dogs with ingredients that are very starchy you know potatoes well, it just turns the sugar potatoes. doesn't it? it just turns the sugar in the system right exactly exactly mm. it does and that's why we have so many obese dogs and dogs with diabetes and with um joint issues and all that kind of stuff where you see dogs seven eight years old overweight and then dying of cancer you go oh what have you been feeding your dog you know well, this is it. You know, there is a massive obesity problem in this country, not mm. just for people, <laughs> mm. but, you know, with dogs, one in two dogs are estimated to be 
using the polite word, you know, overweight. Mm. And again, we know obesity puts pressure on the joints, causes inflammation on the joints. So it's like this whole holistic picture that one one condition can trigger another condition. And certainly in my experience of putting a lot of dogs on diets over the years, I honestly believe the only way to lose weight on a dog is to feed whole food and to add a lot of functional carbohydrates which are different from complex carbohydrates in terms of you know fruit and vegetables Mm. rather than adding potato rice pasta that type of ingredient so what kind of vegetables should people do i mean i know the the answer to this (laughs) because probably but yeah right Yeah. yeah Yeah. yeah, leafy greens are the, mm-hmm. the firm favorites. So your kale, your spinach, watercress is um, extremely nutritious, tends to only be available, obviously, fresh um, and, uh, you know, locally sourced in the summer. But watercress, you know, when you eat watercress, you know, it's just all those flavors in it. Mm-hmm. You can just almost taste the nutrition in it, for example. But these these ingredients have to be really pulverized because dogs can't naturally break down the cellulose wall from fruit and veggies. So you have to make it you know, almost like a mush, a puree, so that it can absorb through the the stomach lining and be, you know, this word in nutrition is bioavailable. And it just means it can be absorbed at a cellular level. You know, for me, it's like putting petrol in the car, you know, Mm. (laughs) without petrol, your car doesn't run. But if you put the wrong petrol in, you'll ruin it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Look at me, you know, my blonde Mm -hmm. hair. I did put petrol in a diesel once and it Mm -hmm. wasn't good. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, Um, we ground to a halt (laughs) and it was dreadful. It was before the time because I think so many people did it Mm. that the AA and everybody made people pay, you know, they wouldn't come out and help you. I think I was helped, but um, you had to pay for the whole thing because, you know, you were just considered stupid Mm -hmm. and you should have looked at the pump and read the instructions. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, So it's all about, you know, it's all boils down to you are what you eat. Yeah. And so is your dog. But Mm. fruits are super, you know, like berries, raspberries, blackberries are one of my favorites also to add in. And blueberries or burberries or whatever it is that's in the very good uh, paleo that do. That's good for their eyes. You know, we like that stuff for Billy because his breed, the one weakness is their sight. Go yeah. so we, we give them lots of carrot and lots of was it blueberry or burberries or whatever it is we give them, yeah, then, yeah. No, and actually, good. blueberries are also, yeah, associated with cognitive health, mm. they're they're fantastic, they're, they're really good. And obviously, if you could get these sourced in the UK, um, so much the better without sort of incurring lots of air miles and, and the like. So, mm. basically, make feeding sustainable. Um, Mm -hmm. as well because I think that's all got to do with sort of the seasons and where you are based geographically you know dogs in Mexico for example you know I do believe they'll have a slightly different metabolism different way of coping with different extremes in weather you know perhaps dogs that live in the north of Sweden need their diet adjusting slightly differently as well so it's about you know regional it's about age it's about lifestyle it's about Mm. individual breed Mm. No, exactly, exactly. And I know what I wanted to ask you. I've been meaning to ask you for ages because I keep having people keep asking me and I never remember the answer. But um, sweet potatoes, is that oh, yes. any 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 benefit to dogs or not? Because no. I know potatoes is not great, <laughs> but I've been told, oh, well, give them a sweet potato because it's, it's good for them. And, and I don't think it is. 
Such a good question. I wrote a blog about it, actually. The short answer is no. And my mm. reference to that would be to urge people to put into Google sweet potatoes, dogs naturally magazine mm. and watch the editor, Donna Scott, do a great talk on why sweet potatoes are not a good ingredient for your dog. Similarly, as a potato, I mean, they are a tubal. So they're of the, the family of a potato. Again, it is, you know, a complex carbohydrate. Mm -hmm. So they can't um, digest it, it. They can't digest it. And again, it's very, st it's starch, which does turn to sugar. So we're back to the beginning of the inflammation in the body. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think about it, you know, in the wild, a wolf, the high predatory animal, I know dogs have evolved massively since being wolves, um, and they are really you know a different species now however you you watch that you watch wolves hunt and um they're really not looking for you know roots and digging up plants they're looking to kill a deer or an mm. elk and eat the, the stomach is usually what's eaten first and that of course we can give to our dogs in you know my favorite ingredient raw green tripe right. yep. yeah yeah you know it's stinky but it really has got everything in it for your dog you know dogs do eat some vegetation and when they're really really hungry you know you'll see them perhaps digging for some herbs you know dogs i think are very in tune with self selection which is another big uh, aspect of natural health at the moment where you can get dogs to self-select a herb. They do it a lot with horses, actually, because obviously horses are herbivores. So eating herbs and grasses and the likes, very uh, species appropriate for a horse. Mm. And they'll select which herb they need so they kind of know what's good for them. So that's yeah. quite interesting. And when dogs eat grass, so many theories on it, but, you know, it's interesting, grass, fresh, juicy grass without any worms on it or anything, is full of a mineral called silicia. And silicia, when taken, for example, homeopathically, it basically rids your body of things that shouldn't be in there. Right. So that idea that they eat and nibble grass, if they might be feeling a bit peaky, you can see that that sort of old wives tale could be true because of the silicia content that is in fresh grass. I've always thought that must be the case because particularly or uh, periodically Billy will chomp on some grass and it's usually around the time he's had maybe a bit of dodgy tummy or, mm. something. or he's, mm. yeah, I think he's, he's eaten some that's maybe not quite agreed with him. You know, we're very careful with his diet, but he, he, he does get the odd treat, particularly if we go to the pub, you'll get a sausage, you know, and, and the, all the, all the chefs around, around where we live, uh, all love them. So they always bring him out either a slab of roast beef during, on a Sunday if we go in or they'll give him a sausage or whatever. And we try not to do that too often, but it's a treat for him. But period, sometimes we can see the effects. Of, really? Yeah. Not very much. Uh, mainly the rest of his diet is really, really controlled and good for him. But over Christmas, I think we found that it was, we were in the pub quite a lot naturally. And <laughs> I think he had quite a lot of sausages. Um, and after a while, I think it kind of, they vary though, don't yeah. they? Sausages. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, that's the other thing. Yeah. You know, you can get really good sausages and really yeah. not so good. So again, mm. that's kind of the aspect really with 
any food you're feeding your dog, you know, I mean, I do believe that not all raw dog food is the same. It is important to ensure that the beef in in, in a raw diet, you know, that the cows at grass, um, that the chickens were able to run around and have a good mm. life, because mm. all of that does transfer into the food. And of mm. course, you know, farmers that you know, tend to use a lot of steroids and antibiotics. And there is a worry now with different new vaccines going to be used in um, livestock. The worry is it will travel into the food chain. So mm. not mm. only for dogs, of course. So um, do you remember the episode we did with Dr. Jean Dodds? Yeah, and yeah. Jean, Jean said, Anna, the solution for us humans is to become vegetarian. Yeah. You know, but obviously dogs can't be vegetarians. The, dogs can you know, they, they can, you know, dogs do thrive on cheese and eggs. But similarly, if, you know, the, the cheese is made from milk mm. that comes from a cow, and if that cow, you, you see, so... <laughs> Pumped up all, on antibiotics is going to be the same thing. Exactly. So, you know, that is um, the thing for organic. But, of course, you pay uh, a lot more for that. So, again, ethical and sustainable is really the key but a great ingredient that's had a lot of press only because a lot of it comes from the uk's seashores is seaweed mm. so mm -hmm. seaweed is something that is in um paleo's very good actually yeah. and it's uh, packed with every single nutrient min minerals and vitamins so that's something that's really interesting yeah yeah mm -hmm. and you know me i love my green lip muscle don't i you know as an anti-inflammatory source for joints because yeah. it's packed it's got the whole spectrum in it of your omegas in green lip muscle and of course it is a muscle like a more mariniere muscle so it's a seafood so for me it's my my preferred recommendation to use for dogs as they age but you know the idea is you preempt things happening you know in my study yeah. the whole point was you don't wait until your dog is stiff you start really from the age of two or three making sure yeah, exercise is appropriate so you're not pulling muscles straining the spine sometimes you know that's inevitable with dogs because also I do believe dogs should be dogs and mm. if they want to run through a wood at high speed jumping over logs and doing whatever tight turns and having lots of fun doing all their sniffing then that's also important for enrichment but being able to balance that with nutrition with some physical therapies and an awareness of what's going on I think is is really useful yeah 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 so what else is good going down at parliament well, big news, actually, only yesterday, you know how the animal welfare bill, kept bill, was shelved. Um, it yeah. was shelved about yeah. 18 months ago after much, you know, anticipation, because that's the irony, you see. It's all gone mad, right? Mm. So by that, I mean, there was this great piece of legislation looking like it was coming into Parliament that was going to fix everything. It was going to make dog theft a specific crime. It was going to clamp down on illegal puppy smuggling coming in mostly from Ireland, you know, mm. fueling these Internet sites where you can buy and sell dogs now like you buy a vacuum cleaner, yeah. which is something I'm really passionate about somehow to stop because mm. it's making buying dogs too easy we must understand that a dog is a commitment not a convenience and not a toy you know for the weekend then to sell it again mm. you know a week later or whatever but yeah so what happened in government yesterday big news big news yes pet abduction 
is now going to be made a specific crime with much higher penalties, as was proclaimed in the Animal Welfare Kept Bill. So it has been a very interesting two weeks at the start of 2024. Pet Mm. abduction is now going to be a specific crime, long awaited for, you know. But, But interestingly, what's been debated is should it be called pet abduction? And we did talk about this. Do you remember with Dr. Mm. Dan Allen um, Mm. of Pet Theft Reform? So what do you think? Do you think the word abduction is appropriate? I do because it's another word for kidnap. It's for stealing a sentient being, essentially. So there's robbery, there's stealing, and then there's kidnapping. You know, you don't say "Um, that guy stole a child. You know, he, he abducted or he kidnapped a child mm. or or they stole your bike. They didn't abduct your bike or kidnapped your bike. They stole your bike. They abducted your kid. And the difference is one's an inanimate object and another one's a sentient being. And by using that word abduction underscores the fact that a dog is a sentient being that's got feelings and an emotional intelligence and has with you a connection. So it's not just like your handbag or your phone being stolen. It's something being abducted from your family so it's very key the the language is very very key on that uh, and i think it's exactly i'm glad they've called it that i agree completely and you know luckily now we've got the science as well to back mm. up that mm. dogs have emotional intelligence and the one i really love is episodic memory that was proved um yeah. only in 2019 so dogs remember events that happen in certain contexts and association builds up you know the classic example is why dogs <laughs> won't perhaps walk to the vet with you because they know where they're going yeah, um yeah. and that's the most sort of common one um to to kind of highlight but it's kind of weird that anyone had that any doubt about that because you know we all know a bad dog or that, what, what, what turned that dog mean he's been mistreated well then they remember by they're being beaten or or whatever repeatedly they remembered and it's kind of changed their behavior so how could we not think that they if they had no emotional intelligence or no memory you'd be starting from scratch you know you could kick a dog to half to death and it was you know and it's not going to turn mean mm-hmm. or, or these rescues that come really really timid and and, and spooked by things because they remember oh I've, I've had a really bad time and, and i'm in a new situation this is not good and and my memories tell me I should be aware. Um, mm. So how, do, how does anyone think that a dog does not have a memory, episodic or otherwise? I know. It's absolutely extraordinary. It's a bit like if you remember, you know, the episode we did with, you know, Dr. Rupert Sheldrake. Um, Who? <laughs> I've never heard you mention him before. <laughs> oh, dear. That, you know, of course, if you've lived with animals, you know they've got emotional intelligence. But mm. you see... Hardcore scientists didn't go with that yeah. until it was proved thanks to modern technology, first of all in Atlanta and then later in New York. Only, you know, it was around about 2010, so not that long ago, that they were able to, you know, watch dogs' brains because they trained dogs to go into an MRI scanner and stay awake. So they were able to do simple tests and then watch the brain respond um, to the human walking, their their special human walking past. And they could see how their brain fired up in different aspects. And they actually have now even proved that dogs do have a whole area in the brain that does respond to love. So Mm. this whole idea of cupboard love as we run into Valentine's Day is totally exploded as well. Dogs do actually 
genuinely love. It's not about the treats. It is about the actual human and the bond that you build, which takes time, (laughs) commitment, patience, (laughs) um, Mm. every day and loads of consistency and a healthy dose of having fun. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so it is. It's 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 mad. I know. I mean, I would talk to, you know, top behavior people around about two thousand and seven, two thousand and nine, and the whole idea of emotional intelligence, feelings, intuition. I mean, heavens above, you know, telepathy or, uh, you know, the ability to tap into the sixth sense. Utterly slammed down. Mm. You know, the idea that I could even perhaps postulate. I know what Molly at that time, my first miniature bull terrier, could have been thinking nonsensical. So yeah. you see, it has changed um, a lot. So, and, it, and that is the good that science, I think, has done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then we've got Crufts coming up. I was going to say. So, yeah. So, Crufts coming up and in March. Um, any new sort of um, innovations or big things to look forward there? Mm hmm. Well, I think this year Crufts is going to make as big a kind of, you know, message um, because of some facts and figures that are going to be coming out um, imminently on research on the fallout from the the pandemic and the puppies purchased in the the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So there's another wave of research that is going to be released, actually. And on the basis of that, a lot more education at Crufts, um, a much bigger emphasis, I understand, on the discovered dogs section of Crufts, which is where all the breeds are showcased by enthusiasts and experts in those breeds. So people can actually, and I really recommend this to people to go. And, you know, you might think you you want a bloodhound, <laughs> random thought. Um, and then when you actually see how large they are, how mm. they slobber loads and how they've got, you know, a real instinctualness about them as um, a hound that is still quite hound-like, you know, that maybe you think, well, no, that actually might be a little bit too much for me as a first-time dog owner. You know, I might be better looking at a, a miniature Dax hound. So I still, I'm still choosing a hound if that's something that you want, because obviously we know that there's eight different categories of dogs and they mm. all fit in slightly differently. Rottweilers are a working breed. Um, obviously, a bull terrier is a terrier. Your Billy is a terrier. Mm. Um, Mr. Binks is now classified as a toy breed. There's all these different types. A Dalmatian is a utility breed. So there's so much to learn about dogs and their history and how they fit into our history. And that's kind of a clue, I think, as to thinking, what sort of dog will work for me, knowing yeah. your own personality types, your own liking for doing long hikes, or are you more just of a little trundle around the local square type person, the, the size of your accommodation? Do you have a garden? What type of dog is going to work in my lifestyle, my accommodation? And, you know, how will it fit with my experience that I've got of dogs? And there is a dog out there for everyone. And mm. I think people can learn a huge amount by going to crafts. Definitely, definitely. Are you going to come this year? Well, yeah, uh, if, if things all, all line up, because we had a good time up there a couple of years ago. And that's still one of our most popular episodes. It's in our top 10 over the years, Crafts 2022 or whatever it was. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, it yeah, was. it's the same to, to go back up. Yeah. And uh, see Bill and everybody up there. 
Yeah, exactly. And um, we get little snips from people, maybe go around, discover dogs, choose maybe the top 10 most popular breeds and maybe go and have a little chat with some of those people and Mm. talk to them about why they think pugs, for example, because they're in the top 10, are still in the top 10. Because again, with a pug, you've got to choose the right breeder, you know, because flat faced dogs do come with their problems. Um, And Mm. of course, the other thing we've seen last year is, you know, this huge rise in vet bills. Because that's affecting people now, you know, because people can't afford them in a nutshell. And that's impacting on on dog ownership and it's impacting on the amount of dogs that are now in rescue. I mean, you know, Ira, Ira Moss, well, dogs, massive friend of the show. You know, when we had our last chat, we both got a bit depressed, didn't we? (laughs) Actually, Mm, because... You know, when you talk about what's going on on the front line of it all, it's not good. And of course, that hasn't been helped recently by government, going back to that, with the banning of the XL bully, which uh-huh. um, is still being fought by animal welfare organisations and some of um, Britain's top barristers, hopefully, you know, to have the ban revoked and rather than just banning, but, you know, overhaul dog ownership actually in this country now i think i think it it does need something big times um whether it's a dog license to be reintroduced but one that works where you know funds are ring fenced and then put back into society through local mm-hmm. authorities you know whatever to help people with their dogs and and not you know put stigma attached to looking for help with your dogs you know because dogs are complex and i think social media who conveys this image of it being really easy to live with dogs and you know arguably they can be a bit of clickbait mm, and mm-hmm. that isn't why you should get a dog a dog is for life yeah. not just for instagram <laughs> exactly yeah. i know well you know mm. me you know mm. what i'm like mm. about all that anyway mm. yeah so mike yeah no i'm yeah i'm looking forward to this year it's i'm feeling like it's going to be a good start something i am feeling is that natural is is coming through now you know i mean when i studied to be um, a natural nutritionist and a naturopath you know people honestly didn't know what one was at all but what i'm seeing now is that many conventionally qualified vet nurses for example are doing courses like the one i've done and and that does Mm. still exist with the college of integrative veterinary therapies to learn about other things so that they can perhaps add to their skill set and their knowledge and offer a more balanced and rounded service yeah yeah no i get it i get it well it's been a really good roundup above things that are going <laughs> on this year or so far and we're only two two weeks into the year i know exactly exactly it's been it's been a bit mad yeah so mike yeah no look you know new year let's hope it's a good one well we've got a lot of things in the pipeline watch the space we got some uh new new projects new partnerships lots of things going on that we will reveal when it's appropriate Yes, absolutely, Mike, you know, so uh, here's to that. Here's to that. That's our show, Mr Binks. What did you think? Yes, I know, you had a great time in Parliament Square. You even wore your little placard. And you're right, it is time for Woof of the Week. (laughs) It just goes to show that with determination and constant campaigning, change through government can happen well i hope you all enjoyed it if you did go on rate and review the show wherever you tune into your podcasts thanks again to mike 
for this episode. And I think we'll do some more like this. And all the links to ourselves are in the show notes. <laughs> Find out more about Mike at Pod People UK. Find out more about me at Anna Web Dogs and check out the various packages I can offer on nutrition and or behavior that are on my website. What's that, Mr. Binks? Yes, you're right. We will be in your feed next Sunday. So go on, subscribe now. It's free. And that way you'll never miss another show. Bye for now. Bye.